What's up, guys, and welcome to the Underground Student Podcast. We are so glad that you are tuning in with us. Make sure you join us on Wednesday nights at 645 at Riverside Community Church. Make sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. We can't wait to see you guys. Enjoy. We are talking about the series, Who Am I? All right. Um, We played a fun game kind of talking about it, Uh, but we are going to kick off the series talking about identity. Can everyone say identity? Yes, thank you. Oh my goodness, you took the job very seriously. Thank you, sir. I love that. All right. Um, So I feel like there's probably a lot of different ways to identify or, you know, define the word identity, but I'm just going to keep it simple for you guys. I'm just going to say it's just who you are. Okay, so for those of you guys who are like, I don't even know what that word means, just think about it like this, who you are, okay? So I want you to take a minute for me and I want you to think about when you think about identity, when you think about who you are, what comes to your mind, okay? So go ahead, take a minute, think about that. I'll tell you the first words that come to my mind. It's wife, still love saying that, okay? It's sister, it's daughter, friend, pastor, um, et cetera. There's a lot of words that can be used to describe me, okay? Those are the first words that come to my mind. The first words that may come to your mind are you guys are all students, right? Um, You're a son or a daughter, you are uh, possibly an athlete, not me. Um, you could be an artist or a musician, um, a friend as well. Those are just the obvious words that come to mind when you think about who you are. Uh, but tonight I wanna dive a little bit deeper um, into just the surface level of who you are when you think about that. I wanna dig deep tonight. Like I said, buckle up, we're gonna get deep tonight, okay? Um, so tonight I wanna break up identity into three parts. Okay, who you say you are, who others say you are, and last but not least, it's the most important, who God says you are, okay? So when I think of identity in the Bible, I think of someone that I think a lot of you guys know named Paul. We're gonna talk about him when he was Saul, okay? Um, So we're gonna go ahead, if you have your Bibles with you tonight, which if you do, Good job. If you don't, that's okay. It's going to be on the screen. Um, If you want to flip to Acts, and we're going to be in chapter 9 all night, okay? I'm not going to make you flip around everywhere. Um, So we're going to go ahead and start off in verse 1. It says, Now Saul was still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. So this is kind of just introducing Saul. We kind of learn a little bit about him before, but this is just saying basically um, that Saul was someone who persecutes Christians, okay? So he takes Christians and he throws them in jail. If you yourself were a Christian, Saul was not someone that you wanted to run into, okay? Because you were not his friend. Um, So here in this verse, it's continuing saying, yes, that Saul is a man who persecutes Christians. Um, So like it says in verse one, Saul knew this was who he was. He recognized that That was part of his identity. Nowhere on the list of who he said he was was a follower of Jesus. He was the opposite, actually. He needed someone to call something out better in him. He needed someone to see him beyond where he was in that moment. And maybe you've been there before. Maybe you're like, hey, I need someone to call something out better in me because right now I don't see that many good things in myself. Maybe... um, you don't see yourself capable of changing. Maybe no one else in your family has finished school before or gone to college. So you just think, 
Well, that's gonna be me too. Maybe addiction runs in your family, so that's just the expected pattern for you to fall into too. But I want you to know tonight that you are capable of changing that. You have the power inside of you to change that because you have a relationship with Jesus, okay? The beauty of a relationship with Jesus too, I know it can sometimes seem intimidating like you have to be perfect, but the beauty of a relationship with Jesus is you get to be better, but you also don't have to be perfect. Everybody said amen, I don't have to be perfect, right? So the pressure to be who God has called you to be can sometimes be overwhelming. I know, it's overwhelming sometimes to me too, but I want you to know again that you have it inside of you. You can be who God has called you to be. You don't need to keep looking at yourself the way that you always have because you are capable of changing. But sometimes that can take time. Sometimes change can take time. It says in verses three through six that God spoke to Saul, calling him to stop speaking against him. He spoke to him in a very big and powerful way. He actually took away Saul's sight. He was unable to see for three whole days. And God spoke to him during that time as well. And I I often wonder what Saul was thinking. Was he regretting what he had done? I'm sure, right? Was he kind of questioning his beliefs? Uh, Was he thinking about all of the Christians he condemned before he himself had encountered God and seen what God can do in his own life? He was about to make a complete 180 degree turn with his life. So when you choose to start walking in your identity with Jesus, it may take time for you too. It's not all gonna come together. And there might be some people out there who will doubt you, right? If you continue to read in Acts chapter nine, we meet a disciple named Ananias. So for those of you that don't know what a disciple is, it's basically just someone who has made their life about following Jesus and spreading God's word, AKA someone that Saul probably would have thrown in jail, okay? Someone Saul would not have liked. So God tells Ananias to go find Saul. And in Acts 9, 13 through 14, this is Ananias' reply. He says, Lord, I have heard from many people about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem, and he has authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. You see, Ananias recognized Saul as a man who persecuted Christians. Like I said earlier, Saul recognized himself as someone who persecuted Christians. To him and everyone else, Saul was the opposite of what others would expect for someone that God would use. No one thought that that would be someone that God would use. And maybe you find yourself in a similar situation. Maybe you've had someone in your life tell you something over and over again, and you've started to believe it. Maybe that you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not fast enough, you're not musically talented enough, you're not a good enough singer, whatever it is. And you've just accepted that that's who you are, and since others see you that way, that they must be right but I want you to know that your identity is so much deeper than the thoughts of others. It goes beyond what others think of you and what you think of yourself. I want you to know that there will be so many people in your life who may even freeze you in time for who you used to be. If we jump ahead a few verses, we see others doubting the fact that God was going to use Saul. In Acts 9, 21 through 22, it says, all who heard him were astounded and said, isn't this the man in Jerusalem who was causing havoc for those who called on this name and came here for the purpose of taking them as prisoners to the chief priests? 
You see, others doubted Saul's purpose because to them, he was just someone who was going to take Christians and to throw them in jail. They remembered who he once was and they stuck him at that. But he didn't allow their thoughts to take away from who he knew he was now. He didn't allow them to stop him from what he knew God's calling was on his life. So I want you to think about uh, what that means for you. Verse 22 says that he actually continued to grow stronger and began to do the opposite of what he once did. He instead went and he started spreading the good news of Jesus. So when others try to step in and remind you of who you once were, what is your response? Saul didn't even give it thought. Again, it says that it actually made him grow stronger in his faith, remembering where he once was, but instead choosing to press on and move forward into his calling. He knew he had a purpose from God and he chose to walk in what was ahead of him instead of letting his past hold him back. So I wanna remind you guys to not give others more authority over your identity than God, okay? God has the final say in your identity, not you, okay, and those voices in your head and no one else has more power or authority over your identity. When you invite Jesus into your life, you are stepping into a new identity. You choose to leave behind what the world or what others may want you to be and you start seeking who God has called you to be. In Ephesians, it says in, verse, or in chapter one, verses three, or four through six, it says, for he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in love before him. He predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ for himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he lavished on us in the beloved one. This says that you are a son or daughter of God. It actually says that you were predestined to be adopted into God's family, which means that all along, since forever, you were meant to be a child of God. What's so cool about actually reading these verses from the book of Ephesians is that Paul, or who we were just talking about as Saul, right? He was the one who wrote this book, actually. So the same man who was once imprisoning other Christians for spreading God's name wrote this chapter while actually in prison himself for doing the same thing. It's so powerful to read those verses about being chosen by God when we remember where Paul once was. And the fact that he's the author of that book when he's come so far and now he's calling others to remember that they are chosen as well. You may remember the way that Ananias responded when God told him to go to Saul. We read in Acts 9, 15 through 16 what the Lord says to Ananias. It says, go, for this man is my chosen instrument to take my name to Gentiles, kings, and Israelites. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. You see, God calls Saul, a man who was once arresting these, those that were proclaiming the name of Jesus, and he says that he is now his chosen instrument. So if God can call someone like Saul, who was once taking Christians and throwing them in jail, imagine what he can do for you. Someone who is doing the opposite of what God's calling him to do, if he can change his life around so much, imagine what he can do for you. First Peter 2, 9 through 10 says, but you are a chosen race, 
a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Again, you are chosen. And it's so special to be chosen because it means that God has handpicked you for a purpose, okay? This also says that you have been called out of darkness into light and God wants to use that story. He wants to use your individual story. When you accepted Jesus into your heart, that was the beginning of your story, right? And God wants to use that to shine a light into other people's lives as well. You can't let fear or insecurity stop you from what God is going to do in your life. Jeremiah 1, 5 says, I chose you before I formed you in the womb. I set you apart before you were even born. I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. Before you were even born, God knew you and loved you. Before your parents knew if you would be a son or a daughter, before you learned how to play an instrument, which made you a musician, before you knew how to dribble a basketball, which made you an athlete, before any of those things that you were thinking of earlier that you thought made up your identity, God already knew you. And not only did he know you, he loved you, right? He handpicked you and he had already chosen you to be a part of his kingdom. You were already chosen. You were already his child. You see, our identity lasts far beyond how we see ourselves or how others do when we rest in how God sees us. We can look past how others see us. We can look past the lies that we tell ourselves about who we are, and and we can trust in God when he says who we are because what he says is the truth. And in the end, it's really all that matters. We can't always trust what the world says we are. We can't always trust what the lies in our head tell us who we are, but we can always trust God's voice because our identity should always, always, always come down to the way that God sees us. Not the way we see ourselves because we can't rely on that. Not the way that others see us because we can't always rely on that either. It should always come down to the way that God sees us. Because like I said, it's the truth and it's the most reliable. That's why you need to let God's voice be louder in your head than the voice of others and the voices in your head. Because there's going to be times in your life where others try to tell you who to be. And it's in those times where you need to stand firm and know what is true, that you are chosen by someone who died to prove his love for you. It's just the facts. You can't prove anything any different and no one can ever take that away from you. You know, I thought it was kind of funny when Josh asked me to speak about identity because it's something that I've just kind of always struggled with. Um, There's been so many times in my life where I've just out uh, others or honestly the devil to just try to tell me who I was. And, and like I said, that's not the truth. But sometimes when you tell yourself over and over and over again that that's who you are, it just starts to become the truth in your head. That's all you see yourself as. Um, the devil's trying to tell me that I'm not a good enough wife, that I'm not pretty enough or that I'm not smart enough, that I can't preach as well as other people, that I could be a better sister or daughter, I could be a better friend. But those lies have only held me back from my purpose. Because when you start to see the potential in your life that God sees in you, just wait because he is going to begin to do a work in you like never before. 
when you start to see yourself as God sees you, when you begin to walk in that confidence and when you walk in that calling, he's gonna do a huge work in you. I truly didn't think that I had it in me to be a children's pastor, okay? You guys may think it's easy because a lot of you guys are like, you're just babysitting kids. But like, I don't like speaking in front of people, okay? The fact that I'm doing this is like stretching me, okay? Um, It's a step out of my comfort zone. So when Pastor Dana came to me and was like, hey, you should be the children's pastor. I was like, no, I shouldn't. I am comfortable where I am at right now. But God often calls us out of our comfort zones. And before I was even born, God knew this was what I was gonna do with my life. He already knew, right? He already had a plan for me. So all I had to do was be obedient to him. All I had to do was take a step out of my comfort zone and be obedient to God and say, you know what? I know, God, that I'm not perfect. I'm still not perfect, guys. I'm far from it. But in my imperfections, God fills in the gap. Where I lack, God comes in and says, I got you, okay? So I want you guys to remember that God can do the same for you. Like I said earlier, the beauty of our relationship with Jesus is you don't have to be perfect. All he's asking for is your obedience. And like I said earlier, there's going to be people in your life who try to tear you down, but also God specifically sends people in your life to build you up to, which is really special when it's someone that God has specifically sent into your life, it's gonna line up with God's vision for you, okay? So I have people in my life like Rachel and Tay and Josh and Ella. I have people in my life that can specifically say to me like, hey, no, God is calling you to further things. I see this in you. This is how God sees you. Because a lot of the times, like I said, we allow those voices to be louder in our head. But God will specifically send people into your life that say, no, you have this in you. I know you don't think that you have this in you, but I'm gonna come alongside you. And if it weren't for friends like that in my life, I wouldn't be where I was today. So it's important to have those godly and good people in your life that are going to say, I see great things in you. I'm gonna call you to better things. So just like I said, there's gonna be people in life that try to tear you down, but there's also people in your life that God has specifically placed there to build you up as well. And that's where I turn to when, in times where I'm feeling insecure, I turn to the people that God has sent me. And you know where they turn me to? My Bible, okay? Um, I know that sometimes the Bible can be kind of intimidating. I was talking, we had our Youth Connect night a few weeks ago, and we were just talking about like, hey, how often do you guys read your Bible? Like, is it hard for you guys to? Where do you read in your Bible? Um, and I remember being in junior high and I remember being in high school too. And like, people don't give you guys enough credit. You guys are so busy, like busier than me, honestly. So it's probably so hard to squeeze in just a few minutes in your day. And by the time you guys get home, you're probably so tired from your jobs and school and hanging out with friends and stuff. Um, but I just wanna encourage you uh, what your Bible reading can do for your life. Um, In times where you tell yourself that you are not lovable enough, remind yourself of the unconditional love that God has for you. In Romans 8.38, it says that nothing can ever separate you from the love of God. When you feel alone, you can read in your Bible that God says that you are seen. Just like those verses earlier, it says that you are God's child, that you are chosen And in times where you feel alone, that's all you need to remember is that God has given you this book right here to encourage you, to give you hope. 
And it's literally there to speak to you, to speak to your heart. Um, And like I said, it doesn't need to be intimidating. Um, Claire, shout out to Claire, was showing us, uh, she has this really cool little widget thing on her phone where as soon as you open up your phone, the verse of the day is just right there on the home screen. So before you even can go open up Instagram or TikTok or whatever, you can see the verse of the day right there. And it's so cool because it's just a reminder that, hey, God's right there. Like, it's not that hard for you to open up your Bible, to get into God's word, to see yourself as God sees you. So I want you to remember to fill yourself with God's word because again, it's the truth. So like I said, don't let it intimidate you. You don't need to do like this whole like, okay, I have to read it for like an hour every day. That's so great. Get into the word, read it as long as you can. But also if you don't have time, go to find a verse and then say, God, how do you want this to speak to me? right? Because uh, Pastor Michael talked on Sunday about scripture memorization, and it's kind of hard to do, and sometimes it feels a little bit like kids' church and like little, you know, but it's not meant to be like this whole, we have to memorize it, blah, blah, blah. It's there so it sinks down deep into your heart. It doesn't have to be a chore. When you have scripture memorized, when you have it deep down in your heart, it becomes the first thing where your mind goes to. Just like if you're filling your mind with um, social media and and video games and TV, those things uh, start to come to your mind and those things are gonna have an impact on your life. So if those things have an impact on your life, if other people have an impact on your life, then imagine what reading your Bible will do. Filling your mind with God's truth will do so much good for your heart. And like I said, there's the seasons in my life where I felt the most insecure, where I've felt the most scared or anxious. Those have been the times where I haven't been reading my Bible. I haven't been filling my heart and my mind with God's truth. Um, So that's why we read it. It's there to fill our hearts and our minds with God's truth. So that's the first place we go when we're overwhelmed when we don't know who we are, right? So when you read your Bible, you start to become more confident in who you are, more confident in your identity because it's based on the truth. It's not based on what anyone else thinks of you. It's not based on the lies in your head. It's solely just based on what God thinks of you. So I want you guys to choose to fill your mind and your heart how God sees you over how others see you. Make that what your identity is about, not about who you say you are, not about who others say you are. Make it about who God says you are because in the end, like I said, that's the only truth. That's the only truth that you can rely on. Um, and again, like I said, if you're filling it with, if you're spending time in God's word, you're gonna recognize that. You're gonna start to see yourself as God sees you. When you have good people in your life, they're gonna encourage you and call things out on you that the way that God sees you. And at the end of the day, that's the truth. That's the only thing that matters. So tonight, I'm gonna wrap it up a little bit earlier than we normally would be going to do a little bit something different, okay? So you may have seen some unfamiliar faces in here that you're like, what are these people doing? Shouldn't they be in a class? Well, we are going to do something special tonight, okay? So as we're talking about identity, as we're talking about seeing ourselves the way that God sees us, there's actually this really special way where you can kind of directly hear from the way that God sees you. Um, This is prayer and prophetic. So the way that you guys may have heard about this on a Sunday morning, what prayer and prophetic is, but for those of you guys that don't know, that can sound kind of intimidating, okay? I even am like, oh, what is that? It's literally just 
these people here have been praying over you guys. They've been in here this entire time and they just want to hear from God and they're just kind of like these direct messengers of what God wants to say to you um, and they just wanna tell you, okay? Because like I said, sometimes it's gonna be really easy to let other people's voices and the lies in your head to tell you who you are. Um, But I just wanna share a personal story really quick about uh, what prayer and prophetic has done for me. I am someone who, do you guys know what the love languages are, anyone? Yeah, like gifts, um, what are the other ones? Acts of service, okay, mine is words of affirmation, okay? Anyone else out here that's like words of affirmation, tell me that you love me, tell me why you love me. Josh is like, yes, that is Miranda. Everything else I like really don't care about. It's like 100% just words of affirmation for me, okay? I wanna know who loves me, I wanna know why you love me and everything that you think about me because I need you to tell me. I'm not gonna assume that you are to your thinking it, okay? Um, so what's super special about prayer and prophetic for me, um, there's been so many times where um, I've been sitting in one of the sessions and I just get to hear how God sees me. It's just really special. Um, Taylor and I were talking about it earlier and she was just saying, it just makes it so real for you. It makes God's love feel so real and it feels specific and personal, which is so cool. Cause when we read it in the Bible, yeah, that's personal. But when you're hearing it directly from someone and they're telling you, Hey, this is what I want. This is what God wants to say to you. It's really special. And I don't want you guys to be intimidated by it at all. It's truly just meant to encourage your heart, to make you feel um, loved, to make you feel seen by God. Okay. Um, So I'm gonna pray over you guys, okay? And then Josh is gonna break you up into groups. Um, And this team is just gonna share with you guys. Um, Another thing that I wanna encourage you guys to do is record it on your phone. I've looked back on these before because in the moment, sometimes you're just like amazed and blown away because you're like, that's exactly what I needed to hear that you like forget about it as soon as it's over. Um, Maybe write it down or record it so you can listen to it afterwards Um, because it is just like this truly special time. Don't go running and hiding. It is really special, guys, I promise. Um, So make sure that you guys stick around for this. Um, But yeah, I just wanna pray over you guys really quick and then Josh will come up here and he will dismiss you guys into your groups, okay? Jesus, I just thank you for every single person in this room. I thank you for what you're doing in their lives. I thank you for um, the fact that they want to be here, Jesus, the fact that they wanna be at church, that they wanna um, draw near to you, that they wanna learn more about you. I thank you for um, what you're gonna continue to do in their lives, that uh, today you just continue to speak to them throughout the rest of this week about who they truly are in your eyes, that they can begin to see that that they can find um, a passion to just get to know you more, to get into your word, so that they can, uh, at the end of the day, just truly rest in who you say that they are. Thank you, Jesus, for this night, and I pray blessing over the rest of the service. In your name I pray, amen.